0: Hello, and
1: welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is great to have everybody back, all of our listeners, for the 163rd episode. Tonight, I am joined by my two co hosts, Andres, the Cavalier King, and Bryant, first prize Flores. Welcome back, gentlemen. Welcome back to another jam packed episode. As you know, first time listeners, long time listeners, we are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events taking place from Wednesday to Sunday. So, with that being said, Another thing that first-time listeners, long-time listeners should know is that we like to start off every show with a hero or a headline extremely close and extremely dear to our hearts, and it doesn't get any more close or dear to our hearts than Breaking Records, Andres, Flores. We watch sports. We consume sports to see amazing things happen. That's literally All we want to see. We want to see something worthy enough to talk about it the next day with your friends, with your family, social media. And tonight it happened. Tonight, Aaron Judge hit his 61st home run of the season. Took them long enough, right, Andres? He was slumping for seven games. I mean, it took a long time. I wasn't expecting it to happen.
2: It's funny, though. I thought about it randomly. I was like, "Mm, maybe I should throw a little something on tonight's prop bet, because the last six days were not happening. Um, but you know what? Fitting that he, he hits it on National Beer Day, so I salute you, <laughs> Aaron Judge, on hitting your 61st home run. The funny thing is, is he's going to get that ball back for free, Flores, because no fan caught it and went into the, it went to the Toronto Blue Jays' bullpen, and so he's going to get that ball back. It, I mean, it's a win-win for him every which way. I mean, we'll see if that happens, but for those that didn't see, Andres actually
3: cheered with his beer into the camera, but this is what I I will say about Aaron Judge is... Were either of you guys watching it? Because I was, and I actually saw it live. And like Pat said, that's what we live for is to consume these
0: sporting events live and be able to tell everybody else, heard it here first. <laughs>
1: so congratulations to Aaron Judge. Um, he joins Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Slammin' Sammy Sosa as uh, the only players in MLB history to hit 60 home runs um, or more. Uh, So I got to ask you, Flores, when we were in Vegas, remember Andres, that old lady, she came up to us and she like saw all four of us standing there and she looks all of us in the eye and she's like, I just put $1,000 on Aaron Judge to hit 62 home runs. And we were like, oh, shit. Do you think it happens, Flores? Oh,
3: yeah. There's, like, how many more games left in the regular season? Like, at least, like, seven or eight, I think, for them. It's it's 100% possible. I mean, I think I, I might even have more. But, I mean, why wouldn't
2: I? What I mean, he has, like, he, yeah, if anything, he'll definitely hit it. And it'll be poetic when he hits the 60-second 60, 60 home Because the monkey in, in is his
3: back. The monkey
2: yeah. is back, I think. Yeah. Like, now he's, he's really there. He tied the record. But he, he will hit it, though, in New York, though. Like, let's just get – don't get it twisted. If the opportunity arises and, you know, all rise for Aaron Judge, that he does it at home in New York and, you know, smashes Aaron records – or, sorry, Roger Maris' uh, AL record at sixty over 61, it just seems fitting and it's, it's a beautiful game of baseball that comes along. And on top of that, uh, I know Sean can't be with us tonight, but he predicts that uh, Judge will hit 67 by the end of the season. That's his Is that bold enough for you? That's what he said. He says he's going to hit 67 home runs by the end of the year. That's bold enough. So do I. I, I think it's very bold enough.
3: Now, also, shout out to Pooh for getting to those uh, 700, also. And shout out, we're still on the hunt to all of our fans. We're still on the hunt for the homie Lolo Vintage to come on the show who supposedly caught the Albert Pujols 700 home run ball at Dodger Stadium. So stay tuned for that. I don't know if we're going to get the exclusive, the
2: scoop, but we'll try for a fan. I mean, I I think it's impressive, though, that he caught the 700 home run ball barehanded, no glove, and with a mile of people just jumping on his back.
1: He was Mexican, hey, he's Mexican, would right?
3: You run over, would you run over a little kid for the 700 or the 60 second home run ball? Fuck yeah. A hundred percent. One thousand, dude. Yeah. And I, you know what I was I, saying? To him, I was like, sorry bro, sorry kid, everything, life's unfair. Everything goes out the window in that instant.
2: That's, that's a million <laughs> Absolutely. dollars Absolutely. All
3: right, says, so here's the, here's the bigger question the
2: though. Here's the bigger question, Flores. Do you trade the ball, right, to the player? for, you know, whatever, either sign bat, sign glove, whatever you want with that specific player, or are you holding on to the ball and not option right. it no, That's different. Now, they were
3: talking about you know, giving uh, like 697 back, these fans, and Albert Pujols was like, you, look, you guys keep it, you need it more, and all this stuff. You guys heard about that story? Yeah, that's 697, not 700. 700 is a life changer. That's completely different. There's no amount of Bad signed jerseys, free season tickets you can give me to equate to the fact that I can take care of my family for generations now. So, yeah, no.
1: How much would you ask for, number 700?
2: Isn't that um, like a, like a 500000 to a million dollar ball? Like,
0: look, uh, I, no, I mean,
2: that's easy, a million dollar ball. No problem. Easy.
3: Why is it right? easy? Yeah. Easy. And, 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 he, this guy is a legitimate collecting expert, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll take Andres's word. Usually I don't, but in this I will.
2: Look, here's here's the thing. I would get I would get that uh, certified, right? I would get that uh, video image certified, showing proof that you're the one that caught it. All that all that certification. You put that motherfucker on, on, into an auction. You you have the minimum reserve at a million. Just to get your you right. so no if it falls under a million if the ball doesn't get sold, you just keep it, and then a couple years later, with time, it's gonna gain more attraction and then just fucking sell that
3: motherfucker. Well, more, at least three million. Three million. Yes, exactly. everybody 3 million. knows why they're buying it, it's to flip it
0: in a year or two. So yeah.
1: You don't need to do all that on dress because um I was watching the Chris Rose rotation today and um him and Trevor Plouf were talking about it, and Trevor Plouf said that. When a player is approaching some kind of milestone, then MLB will stamp the balls that are going to be used in, in the upcoming at bat for that person. So you hit the ball, you catch it, and it's already authenticated. Boom, right there, you have it. I,
2: I get it, but you still, I want as much uh,
1: certification across the board. I want video image, well, like, yeah. photo matching, the whole nine yards,
2: all of it, all of it. Well, yeah, I want that money. I want that money to be easy money, right, Flores? I don't want
3: any bullshit. <laughs> I want that three million in cash, baby. Sleep? You put it under your pillow at night?
2: Just, oh, yeah, dude. I'll put, I'll put care. that shit in a, in a fire, fire free box and shit, bro. Fire protected box. Like, put a million dollar insurance policy on that motherfucker. I'll do everything to, in my life.
1: Hey, where do you keep that for real? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the bank? Get get a a, a box. Safe deposit oh, box. No, I am not putting that shit in the bank. I've way too many movies where safety deposit boxes get ripped off. No, thank you. I mean, honestly, bro, just like what you said, Flores, I'd 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 sell it to the first person that wants to give me like a million dollars. I don't care if yeah, it's yeah, like, I'm
3: good at a million. Yeah, it sells for ten million in six years. Fuck it. I'm already a millionaire, like
1: Margie, like, you know, like living in a free million dollar house because of that ball, you know? Yeah. I yeah. What I'll do, I catch that ball, sell it for a million, ask your wife to find me a nice house somewhere around right here, <laughs> and then boom, I'll, I'm set, you know, so congratulations yeah, again. You know, I'll go to pools and be like, look, look, Albert, I'll nah, sell you the ball, I'll
2: we'll
3: sell it for 1.2. Nah. Yeah, he does. Fuck yeah, he does. will nah. be Hell, not for that because they don't – what athlete holds on to their memorabilia that's like worth like that? It, like I guess they all do, but they don't buy it is my point. You know what I mean? They if just have
2: it. None of them have paid are, any money for it. He's just trying to pay retail, not resell. Yeah, but hey, players buy, you know, numbers on jerseys, right, if, if another teammate has their jersey number, why would you want That's
3: different. Yeah, but why would you not want your 700, like, milestone ball, though, like, as your own personal achievement?
2: Well, think because about... You have a whole room full of things like that called MVP trophies and World Series.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... So, you like, let's say you're telling that story to your grandkids, and the grandkids are like, Well, where's the ball? I'll be like, I don't know, somebody caught it. That's what happens at games. Somebody caught Tell
0: it. It's at a fucking museum, like the rest of my shit.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All, All right. right. So, we have. Hey, ha- hey, but
3: speaking of museums, though, I'll, I'll
1: let you finish. My no, I was going to say, go we have another baseball related headline for Flores. This is a
3: part of Major League Baseball, a name that we all know is my hero slash headline for this week, Nolan Ryan. Like, I just remember growing up knowing that Nolan Ryan was a big deal in the major leagues. Like I, I didn't really know why I just knew he was a fucking vet. You know what I mean? Like it was Nolan Ryan. Like there was no bigger picture in name than nolan ryan for some reason that's like my child memory and now i understand why if you guys tune into netflix you can see the nolan ryan documentary i think it it's like an acclaimed documentary that finally hit netflix after you know making the rounds um it's about an hour and a half long i think maybe actually a little shorter than that but it just—it's—it's it's crazy in the introspective that it gives you of Nolan Ryan. It's kind of like a Forrest Gump type life that this dude lived, just because he played so long into so many generations, and how it ended with the Robin Ventura thing, like way at, at the end of his career. But I just want us to really appreciate Nolan Ryan because he never won a Cy Young. And it's a trip because everybody is shocked to hear that Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young. Yet he holds 51 major league records. Of course, he never won one Cy Young? No, he came in second a few times, but never won That's wild. That's That's such a season. Yeah, there's a scene in the documentary, the season where he broke Sandy Koufax's strikeouts record. Um, And he just, all right, cool, that's a sick ass season. Nope, didn't win the Cy Young. So, no, yeah, he's obviously all-time in strikeouts. He has like 5,700-something. No, but that is the most unbreakable record in sports. Maybe there's a Gretzky record that's as untouchable as that. I don't know. Probably. he has some. <laughs> Maybe there's a Jerry
0: Rice one. I don't know because Jerry Rice has some. But that number of strikeouts, my with, God. With, with the way that pitchers are baby
3: today, exactly. no that's why, and that's part of it. Especially, just dude, this guy came in in his first year, he won a World Series with the Mets
0: that's way cool.
3: back before it was Doc Good and Darryl Strawberry Mets. You get what we yeah, talking 69. about? It. So, 69. yeah, 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 yeah. The, the famous Mets. But this dude pitched until he was 46 years old. He was still throwing <laughs> heat. He just—he's the Jeff George of fucking pitchers with his arm. <laughs> Jeff just, George, <laughs> he just hasn't absolute canon and he kept it forever George Bush comes out in this documentary and honestly I've forgotten how cool George Bush just is on camera and talking like he's just like he just brings a smile to your face all politics aside whenever that guy gets to talking about shit that you know doesn't matter like baseball it's actually pretty funny and it makes you smile with oh, well, cool. And, and people forget though too is that he was
2: part owner or main Under owner. Rangers, Under Rangers.
3: Yeah. yeah. So he was there for a lot of the stuff, one of the no hitters you see footage of him young there at the Rangers game. But just, you know, giving Nolan Ryan his flowers. But I do want to ask
2: you guys a question now. Wait, 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 real quick, before you do that, uh, I speaking of Nolan Ryan, I saw a video that um when he threw out the first pitch in 2010, I forget who which ballpark it was. I think it was the Rangers' ballpark. He was in his late 60s at this point. He, they were saying that when he threw it, they weren't expecting him to actually throw the ball. They were just expecting him to lob it to home plate for the ceremonial pitch. He actually fired it in there, and the rumor has it that he was still clocking at 83 miles an hour at 60, you know, whatever years old, which is insane. No, the insane part is that there's legitimate rumors that they
0: address. I guess sit on the dress They're the ones that say it in the documentary that the crude way of
3: measuring pitch speed back in the days measured him at 100 but now that would have been like 107, 108 and this is him in the majors so yeah, he, he, had, he had his control issues at first and that's kind of why he came up in the bullpen and didn't get his shot until he got to the Angels and talks about all of that stuff but Man, I could see how he was still throwing in the 80s, because
1: throwing 80s hard as fuck, dude. I think I can barely throw, like, 50 miles an hour, and I'm a grown-ass man, you know? Yeah. Damn, so he was 46,
0: huh?
3: He was, he got signed to the Rangers when he was, like, 41, 42 years old, and everybody was like, yeah, we're happy we got him, but damn, look how old he is, and yet he still delivered to them a no-hitter, he still delivered to them the 5,000 strikeout mark, which everybody thought was impossible. It's just, he, he did his thing. But I got to ask you guys. All right, back to my question. If there's one pitcher all time that you could be. Who would that be? Now, obviously, Nolan Ryan is an absolute intimidating pit bull that, you know, even George Brett is up there talking about, man, I'm still intimidated from, uh, from him like 20 years later, 30 years later. So, you know, there's that intimidating. Roger Clemens was kind of like that, just mean mugging. There's the closer, Mariano Rivera. There's the mean mugging. Lefty Randy Johnson, who actually comes out in the documentary, too. You know, there's Greg Maddox. If you want to paint every corner of your house, you just pick him because he can paint those motherfucking edges and corners. There's your guys'
0: boy, Kershaw. There's V. Cy Young. You know, that's an option. There's Shohei o Motherfucking
2: tani (laughs) is an option. You can't, even talk about Warren, you can't even talk about Warren Spahn in that regard and all the other good greats. Who are you guys choosing
3: to be if you could be one pitcher all time?
1: Um, Mariano Rivera.
3: Damn, and it's easy. It's like an easy answer for you. Like, it's just no doubt Mariano Rivera.
1: Well, because you also have to take into account the way that I'm thinking about it. And you guys know me. I would love to be the fucking man in New York City. I mean, who wouldn't? Like, you're just like, yeah, like when people see me, they know it's game over. You know, like, I, that. that's that's the short answer. Um, another honorable mention would be Doc Ellis, pitched a no-hitter on LSD. That's pretty cool. Dude, we'll be what's the rumor on dress the story is that he wasn't supposed to pitch so he was on an acid trip and then they called yeah, him he, up yeah yeah he was actually in san diego when he got the call and he forgot where he was at because he didn't pitch for like five days and they called him up like, hey it's your turn to pitch he's like oh fuck i just took, i just took some tabs of lsd and they had to drive all the way from san diego to here i believe to la and he threw a no hitter yeah
2: so uh... more impressive that or David Wells throwing a perfect game, hung, hung over. over and yeah. with a belly the size of a pregnant woman. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, it's all that's all Um Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd have to go to the LSD. I think that's more impressive. Because he said that in the documentary he's like, I saw demons and things coming out of crawling out of the the ground and colored, you know, discoloration of different colors. He's like, Yeah, I don't even know how it happened. But I think that's more impressive. Um, for me, Look, as much as I, I, Nolan Ryan is to me is is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, because he also has what the most no hitters in Major League Baseball. I think he's got seven. seven. Yep. Yeah, and all the records on top, right? But I would have to go with Bob Gibson, and the reason being is because they changed the fucking rule. They changed the mound. They shortened the mound from fifteen inches to ten inches because they thought, and they call it the Bob Gibson rule because that's how dominant he was. Uh, the fact that you have something that is affecting the game later on, and they call it the Bob Gibson rule, that's that's amazing. That when they're changing rules because you're that dominant, then you got real, you got a real, you know, status. Um, he's a two, two-time World Series champ, um, Cy Young Award winner. Uh, his ERA in one season during that you know infamous year where they win the World Series was one point one nine.
0: The guy was throwing BBs, and he also missed a couple years because he didn't want, you
2: know, because he was black and he, he had a late, you know, game in the change where they weren't drafting him. And on top of that, side note is that he was a Harlem Globetrotter. He actually got a contract with the Harlem Glo- Globetrotter, so he's an all-around athlete. But to me, and the fact he's also has over three, he's one of the few pitchers that has three thousand strikeouts in his career. I mean, the fact that the the MLB changed a rule. To, to make it a disadvantage, apparently, for you, speaks volume. So I'm going to go with Bob Gibson. That's
3: deep. That's deep. Now, um, I'm going to go Pedro Martinez, just because when you can say that you had arguably the greatest season of anything ever, that's just saying something, man. That's special as fuck. And Pedro Martinez can claim to have one or two of the best pitching seasons, if not the best pitching seasons of all time, with the Boston Red Sox. Plus, what he did with the Expos and all that shit. So, and the Dodgers,
2: Pedro. Uh, hey, uh, also, I guess, I guess he also enjoyed beating up old men, huh? If it comes to it, if it comes to it,
3: was that guy was rushing Pedro, right? Is what it <laughs> was. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, Pedro defends himself. <laughs>
2: The only other one that I was thinking about, Flores, would be Whitey Ford, only because he threw a a perfect game. No, sorry, Don Larson. Don Larson threw a perfect game in the World Series. That would be the only other pitcher I think I'd want to have a moment. And it's the only time a perfect game has ever been thrown
0: in a World Series. True, true.
1: So I'm looking at this. this, uh, So it said Pedro Martinez had a 1.74 ERA in 2000 with the Boston Red Sox. That's the perfect seat. That's the season you're talking about.
3: It's one or two. If you Google like best pitching seasons of all time, consistently, the top choice will be Pedro Martinez. One of those two seasons with the Red Sox, where it was just lights fucking out.
1: And and he's still working in the baseball field. He does all the analysis. He's,
3: he's, He's the Charles Barkley of the.
1: Yeah. Argue. Yeah. Okay. You know, Flores. The, the only downfall about not
2: being Nolan Ryan, though, is that he only went. He only has one World Series. Like that's the that's the sad part. Only winning with the Mets oh, you Nine. don't you don't count World Series like you do in the NBA titles. Like you, there's so much that has to go into winning a World Series. Yeah. Man. You don't count that against. Yeah, know? but also that's why Pat got a good pick in in uh, the Sandman. You know what I mean? In Mariano Rivera because he's closing out World Series, like, yeah, because he's, he he's on a great team. Right? Like, <laughs> Nolan Ryan is playing on the
3: California Angels for yeah. three years, though the worst team in the majors
1: at the time. And, and um, Mariano Rivera would come in when his team already had the lead, so he didn't need to go, he didn't need run support because the run support was already given to him. All he had to do was make sure that I don't know that the best infield in baseball would help him out and get three outs or the best outfield in baseball you know like he had he had it he had it nice and cush there in new york but i i like i like mariano rivera to me he's the best pitcher that i've ever you know seen so he did shorten the game you know you got to beat the yankees in eight innings because you weren't going to do it with him coming out of the bullpen um so we have uh, aaron judge joining 61 home runs tying roger maris Andres has college football headline. What is it, Andres? What is your um, headline? Because you said all I'm going to say is college football.
2: I mean, just upsets. This is the beautiful thing about college football. I mean, it's college football season time, man. Upsets, upsets, upsets. Texas Tech being down against Texas uh, at home, coming back, taking them to overtime, beating Sarkeesian. Uh, I was telling a lot of people. Don't take Texas. This is a trap game. I don't trust the drunk and Sarkeesian, um, and Texas Tech always plays them close, so it's an in-state rivalry. You know things are going to happen. But more importantly, how about the dogs? How about Middle Tennessee State University? Being invited, got paid $1.5 million by the University of Miami, the U, and getting rolled at home. Uh It's funny. The coach from Middle Tennessee State came out and said, "Yeah, they paid us 1.5 million, but we held them to 1.6 yards per carry. So that is not a good sign in Miami. That is kudos to the Middle Tennessee, and I love, just love the fucking, the beauty of the coach just coming out and just calling it like it is for Middle Tennessee State, and just being having such bravado and just doing it all. So congratulations to Middle Tennessee State." And uh, Texas Tech. So I just love the upsets. Just college football weekend is upset, upsets teaser in my book.
1: And shout out to, was it who beat um, oh, Kansas? Kansas State. Kansas State going on the road with Adrian Martinez, who was supposed to have this,
2: you know, elusive uh, uh, career at Nebraska, transferring to Kansas State and beating up on Oklahoma on the road. I don't
1: know what it was. I don't forget the score. I think Four, they beat him by ten or so. Forty one to th- Forty one to thirty-four. Okay, so I beat him by a touchdown. Kansas State won. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I love it, dude. I love it. And I think what, what, what we're gonna see a little bit more of um even in college basketball, I think we're gonna see a, a lot more of these smaller schools beating the bigger schools because some of these athletes would choose to be a bigger fish and a little bit of a smaller pond in terms of NIL opportunities. I mean, if you can go to a school like Kansas State and compete against Oklahoma, compete against Texas, your name will still be out there for the scouts to see and you can make more money, Uh, you might as well do that. So I, I hope that this NIL evens the playing field and we get smaller schools Beating these top tier programs. So, those are this week's heroes and headlines. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, Weekend Starts on Wednesday. The weekend starts on Wednesday, and as promised, we are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events taking place. So, Thursday night, of course, gentlemen, is Amazon Prime Video featuring the Miami Dolphins heading into Ohio, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the interesting thing about this game is that the Dolphins are undefeated, and I know the Bengals are off to a rough start. They're one and two, but they are still the Bengals. They are still a high-powered offense, and they are still the defending AFC champions. So right off the bat, my vote is I think the Bengals show up, and I think the Bengals win on Thursday night, mainly because the Dolphins are riddled with injury and the Bengals star athletes on the offensive side of the ball. Are good. They're not hurt. Nah, fuck that.
3: Name me a better storyline in the NFL than the Miami Dolphins early on in the season. There Jacksonville Jaguars. Really, no, they're not undefeated. <laughs> there really isn't one that's a better storyline than new all-in trade for a wide receiver, new coach, new system. Tua, who I doubted. Just to the most extreme, I said how whack Tua is, was. And I take all of that back because they have things clicking. Tua just throws darts, dude. I could see why Tyreek said that he's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes because in that short game, he's just he knows how to just throw it in there. It looks like fucking Steve Young left-handed doing that shit. And you, you know how accurate Steve Young was, dress, but... I just, I don't know. The Bengals seemed fluky last year to begin with, and I don't know what's going on with them this year. I know they've had some bad circumstances, especially with the O-line. But, man,
2: this Dolphins team is going to keep rolling. Look, um, it's a whiteout game for the Bengals. They're going to be known as the Snow Bengals on Thursday because they're all wearing all white um, with those uniforms, which are legit. But at the end of the day, the six points in my eyes that they're favored by is a lot of points. I think the Bengals will win. But I think they, oh, it's four now. Ooh, it dropped that much within the two oh Oh, so a lot of money's going on the Dolphins plus the six. That's why that line changed. All right. Even with the, we don't know the status of Tua, if he plays, I think it's I think it's the the Dolphins. They're also missing Waddle, I know, and I have him. So on my fantasy team, which I'm a little disappointed. I'm hoping he plays, but whatever. Let's just count him out. Either way, the Bengals aren't allowing the most sacks in the NFL. Uh... He's getting his ass kicked back, back there, by the way. So, Joe, Joe Burrows has a lot of things to figure out. They're not clicking, like Flores said. I still, I don't know. I like, ah, eh, fuck. Dolphins cover the spread. Dolphins possibly win money line. Uh, but it's putting it in my head. I think, for whatever reason, since he sneaks out the win, whether it's by one or two points. Oh, well, i well, super close.
1: The line is now three and a half. And we—it's only been twenty minutes since I checked it.
2: That's insane. And in the last, that means a lot of money in the last day and a half is coming on the Dolphins. So again, even furthermore, but if that's the case though, there's uh, that's a trap. That's a trap too sometimes because thing we don't know the you know who's starting and who's not playing for the Dolphins if Tua or Waddle will be in the lineup. So. It's weird to me though, Flores, I think that they allowed Tua to come back after that concussion protocol against <laughs> the Bills, and then all of a sudden he's, he's questionable. That's just my,
3: my issue with all of that. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what's going on, so I can't speculate. They gave a good reasoning as to why he went back in that game and all that, so...
1: But an injured, a banged up Tua, a banged up Waddle, that's that's your story that you're talking about, though, Flores. You said there, there's no bigger storyline, and you're right. There isn't. There isn't a bigger storyline than a healthy Tua, a healthy waddle and a healthy hill. But since the other, since two out of the three are a little shaky right now, I'm just giving the edge to the Bengals because their stars are fully healthy. Hey, but
2: let's not forget, though, Dolphins have a decent uh, second trigger and Teddy is
3: one. Yeah, keep in mind, like NFL more than anything is about more than just one player, even if it is the quarterback. Mike McDaniel's a fucking genius. He'll figure something out. And, you know,
1: I don't know. They're three and all for a reason because it's more than just they've been doubted. They've had the odds stacked against them on several occasions this season and they've come through. So. Okay. Well, that concludes Thursday's entertainment. NFL, all eyes on the dolphins Bengals friday bright and early before it's even bright and early the 3 a.m the witching hour um what what is going on friday at 3 a.m florida if you're a nocturnal entertainment
3: so look you go out you know find a bar that actually has amazon on their tv you just get hammered all night all of a sudden you get home it's 3 a.m you turn nba tv and you see the first nba preseason game in japan with the golden state warriors
0: facing the washington wizards you get to see kuzma you get to see all the stars that golden state has because it's at the the saitama super arena Uh, like i said in japan there's going to be a couple of games in japan but this is the one that kicks them all
3: off and Man, as I'm going to talk about later on in the show, I just love me. I love more than anything some odd hours live sports.
1: <laughs> you watching, Andres? Are you going to be able to watch this? <laughs> no, I'll say I will watch the highlights only to
2: see the Japanese fans and the commotion and the fact that they don't get basketball. And I want to I see that action, but I am not going to stay up until 3 a.m. Cause I gotta be at work in the morning. We got a brand new general manager that I have to meet, so I'm like, "Oh, sorry, sir. I was watching preseason basketball, which nobody gives a flying fuck about, because there's so many other sports going on. But it was in Japan. It's not the World Cup, but I'm watching pre preseason basketball. Sorry, sir. No, I am not watching this game. Thanks for letting us know, though, Flores. I think it's fantastic, and if, and I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of drunk listeners come Thursday night, Friday morning that will be like, "Oh, I'm up. Uh, oh, what can I watch?". And they'll remember. <laughs> Or is this a Japanese game? How? But... The announcement's going to be in Japanese, though. That's, that's the, I want to it's, hear yeah, the announcement. It's it.
3: NBA TV, so they'll probably have I don't know, like Greg Anthony or some shit doing it, um, uh, stateside.
1: But the um the starters are not going to play that much, are they? No, nobody's going to play more than a couple minutes. They will. They probably will play more than if it was
0: here in San Francisco or something like that, because they're actually in Japan. So it's just more so about the pageantry and the way that it's presented. Yeah, and you might as well tune in. It's the opening tip off of anything NBA related. Well, if
2: that's the case, I'm sure there's an uh, NHL preseason game too because that's just started. So watch that wherever you can find it. I don't think there's any games in Russia at 3 a.m. But hey, don't
1: don't try to don't try to downplay Flores's integrity of finding good sports entertainment by saying, "Oh, I'm sure there's a hockey game on." You can't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> He took the time to find something that's odd hours, and you just think, oh, yeah, Lawrence, I know what talking about. the, the, the big
2: question, though, are you going to watch it? Are you? That's what I want to know. Bro, you not only— You you watch that game. Not
3: only am I going to watch that, I'm going to record it, so in case there's something great, I can re-watch it <laughs> at like 5, 6 in the morning.
2: Until the sun rises. <laughs> hey, we're going to give you the, the, the you're going to go live on, on the Instagram and watch the game at 3 a.m. And see, people are going to be and watching here's you the
3: thing, there's you. other games
2: going on that are going to be televised.
3: At 7 PM, the Clippers on Saturday, there's some games too, but I think all these are tape delayed or I don't know what the hell because they're, they're at American hours and an American time, but they are also in, uh, Japan. So this is the one that kicks them off though. Golden State,
1: shout out for them actually going all the way over there, growing the sport that we all love and cherish. And I think that's the most important thing is that the, the footprint is, you know, in Japan starting it off first game of the you don't, season you
3: don't hear a lot about japan you're trying to all day every day nba but not a lot about japan so
1: kuzma pushed Good. for japan because it's a very fashion trendy <laughs> place. <laughs> i don't know what the fuck he was wearing like two weeks ago the it was like yeah, a octopus was... trash bag thing yeah it was like two jackets sewn together it was embarrassing. I don't even know him, and I was embarrassed. Um, So, 7 30 p.m. Friday night, 15th ranked Washington Huskies. We're talking college football coming into Pasadena, the Rose Bowl taking on the UCLA Bruins. Both teams are undefeated, they're both 4 0. Andres, Friday night, the over is going to be 64 and a half. The weather is going to be perfect. Primetime game on ESPN. Will the overhit is this gonna be a shootout on Friday night?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, Washington, I've been lucky enough to watch them a couple times this season. They're fast. Uh, they have a great offense. They know how to put up points, their defense is better. But UCLA is the real reason why this is gonna go up. They have no defense. They've been coming back in the fourth in the second half a lot. Um, you know, so to me, I don't think that's where the points are going to be coming in and they're going to make a push and it'll probably be a final of, I don't know, I would say forty-five thirty, Washington for the over to hit at 65. So uh, I think Washington's the better team. I don't like the four. Flores, you're an alum. Tell us, will there be enough fans to support? Will the roles will be filled on Friday night? I guess so because it is Friday night, right, for, you, for the students? Yo, when shit
3: pops and it's not South Alabama, or whatever it was, the Rose Bowl pops, yo. And UCLA has just been chugging along. Everybody turned a blind eye to them last weekend. They always have a tough game against Colorado. They made that shit fucking happen. They stomped them out. They covered the spread. They did everything they needed to after having a scare the week before. All eyes switched over to USC. USC, USC, USC. They're the ones that struggled, that did not cover. Fuck you, USC, if it cost me that money. But <laughs> UCLA quietly built their 4-0 resume. And is it bold enough that they're going to flip that point
1: spread by 10 and win by a touchdown or more 7 points or more you just started you were just fucking and you're still on mute by the way and second of all you were just saying about USC's defense UCLA's defense uh, it's bold enough it's bold enough
0: Clean,
1: yeah. UCLA oh, free, yeah. wins by seven plus. I'll I'll take that as a bold prediction. Um, just because. I mean, yeah, it should be a close game, and um, UCLA, according to the schedule. I mean, who, who the fuck would go to those games on dress? One was at eleven a.m. and the other one it was like fucking a hundred degrees. Yeah. Like I think they I. Um Rogan and Rodney on AM five seventy, they started off one of their shows um talking about the low attendance of the Rose Bowl. And I was like, Are you guys fucking serious right now? It was ninety-eight degrees and the kickoff was like two PM. I yeah. mean, come on, bro, like no way. You could have offered me a free ticket and I don't I would not have gone. It's just too hot. And then eleven a.m. way too hot. That's it's, one, it's one of- stadiums to be at when
2: it's that, that hot and during the middle of the day like it's just brutal It's and then when you're tailgating and shit it's just not fun but like oh,
3: yeah, okay, first of all any tailgating experience there at the rolls bowl is awesome it could be 100 degrees and you're just having a fucking blast there's a lot of trees in that golf course there out is. there no, that, uh, yeah. the tailgating around the rolls bowl is A1 not like the coliseum that's fucking deadly
1: yeah yeah, so with um, the mention of bold predictions, well, no, uh, well, yeah, it's all concrete at USC, but um, with the mention of bold predictions, each bold prediction is worth seven points. The first to 21 collects beer from the losers. So right now the score is I have 14, Andres has seven, Flores has seven, Chance has seven. Chance's bold prediction is the Aaron Judge hits 67 home runs. Flora's bold prediction is UCLA wins by seven or more. So good luck, gentlemen. Moving along to Saturday's entertainment, 9 a.m., bright and early. Andres, I'm going to shoot it over to you. Fourth-ranked Michigan Wolverines headed into Iowa, taking on the Hawkeyes. So Michigan is undefeated at 4-0. Iowa, tough conference matchup, 3-1. The spread is 11. Does Iowa keep it close, um, or does Michigan blow them out? And uh, score twelve by twelve or more. Do they win by two touchdowns?
0: Um, I think for sure Michigan blows this out of the
2: water. Um, I think they win by at least eighteen. Uh, Iowa is not a very good team this year. Yes, defensively they are. They always been a strong defensive team, defensive minded, just like the Steelers. You know, ironically, they have the same colors, black and yellow. Um, here's the thing though, their schedule they they struggled against, I think, North Dakota State or I forget who it was earlier this year. They're not offensively very strong. Michigan has been the stronger team. They look really good for us. They're the team that won't bore you. They won't make you yawn. They're scoring points. It's, they're putting up the points. And I hate to see Harbaugh having the year that he's having, but they're going to be at least a top four team and going to the playoffs this year. I thought until I saw them this
3: weekend and they didn't fucking cover and their quarterback just he's, everybody's hyping him up, coming in and, and, and taking over for the, uh, the initial starter that was the season I forget their names because who knows the quarterback's names nowadays, but that dude is just irresponsible with the ball he makes a lot of dumb plays and I don't know, I, I just assumed Michigan was there in that final four and now I am Questioning them after seeing them not be able to cover a seventeen point spread last week and costing me some motherfucking moolah.
1: <laughs> everybody got you last week, huh? <laughs> 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 um, so interesting points about this Michigan Iowa game is that the over under is only forty two on dress. Why? What? Why is that? Why could that be?
0: Well, because both
2: defenses. I mean. Let's take a look at their stats real quick. Jimmy coming at me. He says Michigan is only allowing eleven points per game. Iowa is only allowing five point eight per game. So 5. you see 8? Five point eight. Yes, sir. <laughs> but they're only offense, So Here's the here's the trick here's the flip side of it, Flores. Iowa's offense is only averaging seventeen points per game. Michigan 50, 5-0 <laughs> points per game. <laughs> compared, hey, running so, back. That running back for Michigan is a fucking stud yeah. too. Uh, I think he's number three. That guy's legit. Well, oh, here's the thing, though. Even though let's just look at overall offense, Flores. Total yards, Michigan 489 compared to uh, Iowa's 232.5. Their running back or their running game itself, averaging 235 per game, basically for Michigan. That they're they're a good team. They're gonna blow them out of the water. Yes, they struggled, but you know what? We're not giving enough credit, Flores. To the Maryland Terrapins, and who's that quarterback at Tagovailua. The, what, the, the, guy that got, the guy that got pulled in the fourth quarter for a bad Yeah, he, he made some nice things. It's okay. It's all right. But they kept the clothes and they covered the spread. So that's all I care about. That's why I took Maryland and the over and the spread. I'm sorry you got rat fucked last week,
1: but you should have listened to the Cavalier King come college football season. I think <laughs> that right, – What other games we got? What other games wh- got? Yeah. um I think it's too early to predict some kind of upset. I'm taking Michigan to cover that spread. I think Michigan wins by 12 or more. 12.30 p.m. is the second-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide Roll Tide heading into Arkansas, taking on the Hogs. Um, Arkansas Razorbacks, 3-1. and On the season, ranked 20th in the country, some of the experts out there are chasing the dragon, Andres. They're chasing the dragon, and they're saying that Arkansas is gonna beat Alabama. Like I just said, it's too damn early to predict any kind of upset of this magnitude. Yay or nay? Uh, yay in the sense
2: of uh, following you. Nay on the expert or whoever's chasing this dragon. Alabama wins, but I think it will be close. I think Arkansas will cover the 17 points. I think there's a lot of points on the road, especially with a very good Arkansas uh, team this year. But I don't think it's going to be a blowout, and I don't expect any upset this game. Arkansas is a good team. Florida's looking down later down the line, and while the season's continuing. But they keep it close, and they maybe lose by fourteen, but they will not lose by seventeen. And I like the over sixty-one. I think it'll be a high-scoring matchup. Unfortunately, Young at the quarterback uh, for Alabama is having a good year, but not a great year. So, I have just one word to say about that uh, seventeen-point spread
3: for Arkansas: tasty. That looks fucking
2: tasty. That's, You're, that's right on dress. You're right, Andres. You're right. Um, it's a lot of points at home uh, against an Arkansas team that is ranked 24. That place is gonna be popping because when you're going ranked against a good, I mean, number two Alabama team, when you're Arkansas and you're being ranked and you're ranked early this season against a, an SEC opponent like Alabama, that place is gonna be fucking rocking. So I can't wait to watch this game on CBS. It's... Pat, you know, you know what it's gonna be like you know, you know how the SEC is on a, on a Saturday. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good game. And what what Flores is alluding to about the 17-point spread is that this game has been circled on Arkansas's calendar for quite some time now. Alabama probably didn't – you know, Alabama's worried about winning national championships. They didn't fucking realize this probably until not too long ago. But Arkansas noticed this shit probably this time last year. When the schedule was a good team, but they're not a great team. What I said: the rule is, good
0: teams—sorry, uh, good teams win, and great teams cover spread. So, yeah. the fact that Alabama struggled this year with Texas,
2: Arkansas—I don't, th- I don't see an upset though. Flores, you see an upset though? Minor,
1: nah. no. No, he, he just wants that spread. It's a lot of points. Yeah. So, um, Saturday night, um, Saturday evening, wherever you are, 4:30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 10th ranked. North Carolina State Wolfpack, Andres, number 10 in the country, going into South Carolina, taking on the Clemson Tigers. And the Clemson Tigers are undefeated. They're 4-0. So both teams are undefeated. ACC clash. This spread is 6.5 points. So Vegas thinks that this game is going to be really tight. Maybe last team with the ball wins. Um, Now we are getting into upset territory because Clemson isn't the Clemson of old. They are um, ascending. I still don't think they're gonna play for a national championship, but I still think they have bowl game aspirations to play a good bowl. So this might be an upset. What would you bet on this? Because the spread is six and a half. The over/under is forty and a half.
2: Um, look, I'm betting on Clemson money line. Pay the juice, whatever it is. Throw so them on a parlay. I think six is a lot of points. Um, I do. I I don't know. I, this game's a little tricky. I, I have a funny feeling that uh, NC State will make it close in the first half, and then Clemson will will blow up the doors and blow them out. Specifically, being that at, at Clemson, I think that's a bigger factor. So, I, if anything, I will give up the six points. Uh, Clemson's defense, guys, is literally legit. Their offense is a little shaky, but they're gonna they're gonna find a way, and their defense is what's gonna b- help them succeed. And maybe possibly, Pat, I know it's a bull prediction that you think they're not going to make the playoffs. I don't see how this Clemson team doesn't get to the playoffs. They know how to win the close games. That's the bigger difference maker because defense wins championships. So in that regard, DJ, I won't pronounce his last name, is I'll just DJ you for... Clemson is unbelievable in the sense of knowing how to be gritty and winning close games. So as a result, I expect Clemson to win by 10 or more, give up the six, uh, and Clemson's defense is the biggest X factor for not only this game, but for this rest of the college football season. I think that quarterback's a little bit overrated. Overrated. I, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, his stats are fucking just blowing he, he's sophomore, sophomore, Sophomore guy, though. He didn't start last year. He was playing behind. Oh, no, he didn't start last year. Sorry, this is his third year. Uh, but second year for shirt. Um And, you know, having the pressure of Trevor Lawrence, give him one more year. I think he's a big kid. He knows how to, the grittiness. And he knows how to win championships because of his high school profile being one of the best quarterbacks, not only in the country, but for sure in the state of California,
1: leading your team to – Two back-to-back national championships at St. John Bosco. But is that what you're talking about, Flores? That if he went to a different high school, he we wouldn't be saying DJ this, DJ that. Exactly. Yeah. Before college. If he was there at Maryland, he would have got benched too. <laughs> <laughs> no. well, so, Andres, is that your bull prediction? Clemson win by ten or more.
2: That you know that'll be my bold prediction. Yes.
1: Okay. I. I mean. I. Yeah, I accept that. Because I think it's going to be a close game.
0: Wait. For Clemson to win by 10? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Isn't that just like three points off of the spread? Or and a half. How is
3: that bold at all?
1: Because he's only got seven points.
3: Okay, so am I.
1: I know, and you got a good one. You say so it late sure, by plus sure, seven? I with 10
3: points on mine. I all right, all, seven right no
2: hey, all right, all right. Let's just double it up. Clemson wins by 12 or more. Is that both? So, uh All right, yep. All right, 12 or more.
1: You know, Diana did tell me that she likes Flores on the show because she, cause he calls out on Dress on his bullshit, so...
3: fucking three points above the spread is bold
1: because he's always trying to pull. He's a, he's always trying to pull tricks. He's a trickster, always always with the with the smoking <laughs> smoking mirrors, Andres. Smoking mirrors. That's what, happens, that's what happens when you when you used to work in the car rental business. So two the, <laughs> two things about Andres is that he's always counting his chickens before they hatch, and he's full of smoking mirrors. That's 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 his my description. So. <laughs> We're at 25 minutes, and um, we still have Sunday to get to, plus scumbags of the night, so we can do those next um, after this break, all in one segment. You know, what? I'm not gonna be impressed until he pulls a Doc Ellis and pitches a no-hitter under the influence of LSD. That is what. That's what I'm waiting for. If you're not gonna do that, don't even fucking talk to me. Um, It's NFL Sunday. Nothing else matters on Sundays. Basically, all the way until the middle of February. NFL action from sunrise to sunsets. And here in California, that's definitely the case this weekend. With the sun rising around 630am is the first football game of Sunday slate. I'm going to shoot it over to you, Flores. This is your game that you wanted to talk about. Take it away.
3: Like I said, I just love odd hours sports. The World Cup is coming up in a couple months. We're going to have sports at all times of the day. But on Sunday, there's always this little fucking
0: lull. There's this little time between when you wake up and
3: when it's 10 a.m. and football starts. And you don't usually know what to do. Do I go for a walk? Do I take my girl to the farmers market? Do I do a little workout? What do I do this weekend? You don't have to worry about that. It's one of the weekends where you get an overseas game. You get a six thirty a.m. game on NFL Network between the New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. They're, uh, you know, they're in the same division. They know each other. There's some questionable players, some house of James Winston may or may not play. Dalvin Cook may or may not play. But nonetheless, you can wake up at 6 a.m., go to your little man cave, spark up your cigar, pour your whiskey early on and enjoy some football before any of either your kids or your spouse or anybody else wakes up to start bugging you for the day. And it's a decent game because the Vikings aren't aren't terrible, and the Saints are always entertaining. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But it's just a fun way to start the morning and something to have on in the background as you get ready for the full slate of games the rest of the day.
1: Uh, and Who's,
3: who, do you have a dog in the race? Um, on this one, I the only thing is my wife's fantasy team because I don't have a fantasy team, so I'm just riding with hers. But no, I mean it's a pretty as usual with NFL games that are not here in the U S uh, the spread is pretty tight. I mean, I don't know how all that stuff over there is going to affect who is more responsible. Who's not, who's younger, who's actually enjoying themselves while they're out, you know, around Tottenham. Cause that's where this is at, at Tottenham Hotspur stadium. Um, you can get tickets as low as 120 bucks. And if you make your way there now, you might make it on time for the game. But,
2: just a fun game. I don't know. Do you have anybody that you're looking for? I mean, I got fantasy players, um, so I have Dalvin Cook in one of my teams. Um, I don't have any of the Saints, so I yeah, think have, the you men- up, have you picked up Madison to back up Cook because
3: that's the one my wife no. has, and I don't think he's gonna be playing, so pick up Madison. All right, I'll, I'll
2: figure. I'll figure it out when the time comes. Um, I think the Vikings win this game. Um, I, I don't know, just a, a weird feeling that I have, especially if uh, Jameis Winston.
0: The crab stealer does not, or lobster. Oh, crab legs! Crab legs, crab legs, um, is not
2: uh, available. So I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Maybe Kirk Cousins. Maybe they should move the team over there because they'll probably play better than anywhere else, being in England. Hey, so. you're, hey Kirk Cousins is playing in the complete opposite
1: of a uh, prime time game, so he might actually <laughs> tear it up. <laughs> nah, that's why I
2: might pick up as my quarterback for this weekend.
1: I got the Saints. I got the Saints. Um, Saints have been there since Monday. Uh, Vikings are scheduled to arrive Thursday. Completely irresponsible of the Minnesota Vikings to arrive England on a Thursday with the time adjustment. So I, I, like, I like the Saints. And my bold prediction, we have all this college football talk. We have never yet, not this season, we have yet to talk about the Ohio State Buckeyes. And that's because the Ohio State Buckeyes – are smashing on everybody right now. Um, We haven't really seen a notable game to talk about. So my bold prediction comes from Ohio State. Chris Olave, the wide receiver from the New Orleans Saints. Um, I took him in my dynasty rookie draft. I took him in the second round. I saw he was from Ohio State. I saw that he led the team in offense, and I knew that he was going to be dynamic. Last week, he broke out for 147 yards, so he went from week one, 41 yards. Week two, 80 yards. Week three, 147, so he's doubled his yardage. So my bold prediction is that he's going to double that. He's going to get 300 passing yards, um, receiving yards against the Vikings. Is that bold enough for you? Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Wait, (laughs) did you say
0: 300?
1: No, I mean, uh, my bull prediction is he's going to get 120 receiving yards.
3: Yards or meters? Uh, <laughs> I see
1: what you did there. 120 uh, yards. Yeah, yeah, no, I guess.
2: I guess. Well, what do you think? Yeah, it seems a little weak. But yeah. No, wait, you're at 14. You no, know, fuck no. How many touchdowns? Two. Add it
1: up. Absolutely not 120 yards. What, that's it? So
0: that's just one day
1: in the office? Get and, and one touchdown. Nah. He he hasn't even scored a touchdown all season. And last week, he finally got over 100 receiving yards. And James Winston might be out, dick.
2: Yeah, but they got, guess who the backup is?
1: The, 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 the fucking, the one that thinks he should be a starter. And then when they put him in as a starter, he sucks? That's the one, Ian Book. Okay. Oh, Ian Book. Okay, so
0: 130. Not not hill. Not not, not, well, maybe is it still hill? All right, we got and 10 more I, yards. We got 10 more yards out of it.
2: 130. 130 and a
1: touchdown. Okay, fine. All right. Kiss my ass. <laughs> All right. Softballs.
2: So, you got 14 points. You trying to get to 21? I'm not letting you win just that easy.
1: All right. So 10 a.m. Jess. <laughs> what are you watching at 10 a.m
2: what am i watching there's so many games pat oh right the uh i know i'm not the only one watching this because i know plenty of people in your family will be up and early to watch this game probably having a cookout in their backyards for this buffalo bills at uh baltimore ravens both two and one look flores the reason why i'm watching this is because i actually think that the baltimore ravens will win this game uh the the It in a wall last week. I don't know what the hell happened on the last play. Josh Allen, like, just he should have made that pass. No problem. Looked like he threw the game away that day. Uh, But that's just me. I don't think. I I don't know. Something tells me that the Baltimore Ravens and uh, Lamar Jackson are going to go off and and win. I like the points uh, for the Ravens. I think it's uh, Buffalo minus three. Give me the points. I think it's be closer than I think the Ravens. Win outright only because the Ravens are clicking more. I think Action Jackson will want the spotlight on him and outshine this young kid in uh, Josh Allen. I don't know why you think like it's like news, groundbreaking news that the Ravens might beat the Bills. Like, bro, first of all, you're talking to a guy that called that the Dolphins were going to
3: beat the Bills last week because Micah Hyde is out. Their whole shit is just fucked up. The Bills were never that good to begin with. Just completely overrated as Super Bowl And I was with you. I was with you on that. That was mind-blowing to me. And now they're They're limping. Josh Allen is not that guy. I keep saying that. I don't know why people think he actually is better than Mahomes. He is not. He will never be in that realm as Mahomes. You can put up as many sets as you want. You can do whatever it is that you want but there's just that little thing that at the end, are you going to be able to do it or not? And I just don't think he has that. So I don't know. Lamar Jackson, though, I do think does have that little it factor. So I, I could definitely see the Ravens pulling this one out, and I'm good favor than myself, actually.
1: Dang, that's a hard one. I mean, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the um, injury report, and it looks like the Ravens are a lot more healthy. It's a toss-up for me, uh, but the but the Bills are actually favored though on the road in Baltimore, so I'm not too sure. Um, I it, it, I'm probably going to add this um, to my parlay. I will take the Ravens. It's not the end of the world for the Bills to start the season off at ten and two or at two and two. Recalibrate, see what kind of run they can go on over the next four to five games. But I I think that. Um, Lamar Jackson is, is going to give them a little bit more fits going oh, and, into and this look, game. real quick, Pat. I know you're saying that the, the line favors the Bills, but according to ESPN's matchup predictor,
3: 55.5% of the people think Baltimore is going to win the game, even though they are being
2: given points.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're saying to bet on the Ravens. Well, the public's fading that way, yeah. all By okay. the
0: way, over under on Ken Dorsey flipping out, two and a half. Hey,
3: people don't remember Ken Dorsey though. Like, I love just, Ken Dorsey, people bro. People are just saying. People are just saying that name, Ken Dorsey, like it's nothing. Like they do dude. the guy's a fucking fantastic just quarterback. Completely fucking
2: just, running the University of Miami. Yeah, just I, just wish, I just wish. I just wish he would have had a good career with the
3: Niners. They never were those quarterbacks that ran that.
2: Um, that little option and all that shit for a while that
3: came out pretty high because of that little option back in those days in the early 2000s and all that. Like it just, they never worked out the Nebraska quarterbacks, those university of Miami quarterbacks. None of them Ken, worked hey, Ken out. Ken Dorsey was a stud. I don't care what anybody says. I got to Stud. That's why everybody just dragging his name right now. They, they just say,
2: Bill's offense is data Like, nah, guys. You say Ken, motherfucking <laughs> yeah, bro, That guy's got a ring. That guy was leaving the charges with Mcgee and all those guys. And Ed, Ed
0: Reed, get out of here.
1: <laughs> when you guys were talking about his name right now, I was like, I recognize that name, and now it all it's all <laughs> to one the... of those people.
3: He's like, That's the what I'm saying, Ken, man. Man. like this is this dude. Like you put his college stats up with Ken Tebow's, and they can compare. Yep. Yeah. Right?
0: Yep, dude, that's
1: saying a lot, dude. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so let's move on to the night cap, 5.20 p.m. The Chiefs taking on Tampa Bay. It might not be in Tampa Bay um, because of the hurricane. So that is... I, I, think, it's, I think it's definitive now.
2: It's not going to be in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. They're
1: going to move it to Minnesota. I just saw the report. Okay, first. so what does that do for you, Andres? Because uh, you got... Both teams coming off of a loss, right? Both teams coming off of a loss. Um, The Chiefs loss was a lot more surprising than the Tampa Bay loss because Tampa Bay lost to the Packers and the Chiefs lost to the Colts. Both teams are going to want to win. I'm giving the edge to Tampa Bay because he's getting Mike Evans back. And uh, I just, you know, I got to go with Brady on this one. What do you, what do you say?
2: Brady, with, with Evans coming back, um, talk about, a. a I don't know, they had a chance of winning the game against uh, the Green Bay Packers, and they just couldn't do it. Um, but you know what? I don't think Brady loses two, two games in a row. It's very rare of him doing that. So specifically, this game is being indoors. I just don't like the fact that this game is in Minnesota because it seems to me that it might be a more of a homer game to the Kansas City Chiefs because it's closer to Kansas City. Than it is to Tampa, so I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, regardless. I just don't see Tom Brady losing back-to-back games, us It's tough. It's tough because who's favorite for this game, by the way, Pat?
1: Um, the Bucks. The the Bucks are at plus one.
2: Okay, so so KC is the favorite to win the game. Okay, you know what? Fuck it, give me give me the plus one. I'll, I'll take the extra. I'll take the one point because if it ends in a tie, I still win. Not that it will, but I still trust Brady. Yeah. See, here's
0: the thing. You can say those things like, "I still trust Brady," or "Who else would you rather have?" Or they're not going to lose another game after just
3: losing the game. You can say all those things about Brady, but there's only one other player in the NFL you can say that about, and that is the guy on the other side of the field, Patrick Mahomes. So that's why it makes it really difficult for me to choose, but man, I'm just going to go contrarian on on this one because you guys are both riding the Bucs. How come I'm going to go with the Chiefs?
1: I'm riding the Bucs' defense. I think the defense for Tampa Bay is better than Kansas City's defense. Yeah, and I I think
2: the fact that KC lost to Indianapolis and the the argument at the end of the game between uh, Mahomes... And uh, what's his name? Um, Bellamy? What's his uh, The coach? I can't think of his name. The enemy? Yeah, the enemy. Afterwards, showed a lot of things that... What uh, it
3: shows is that it's week fucking three. How many times did we see Tom Brady going in on Josh McDaniel on the sideline? It's nothing. They lost a receiver. Big part of their offense. They're adjusting. It's just week three. They'll get it figured out.
1: I
0: yeah. trust in Patrick. Yeah, I mean, not, not, not our Patrick.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I was quarterback in eighth grade.
2: I think you mentioned that.
1: I, I threw the first. I threw the first he no he look pass. He set the record at all of his
2: high school, at all of his schools. dude. at his at his school. He set the record. His name. You go over there. Number one on every list. He's a Patrick Mahomes before the Patrick Mahomes. I threw a no,
1: I threw a no look pass but nobody saw it because it wasn't televised, but I was there. I was there. Um, So, yeah, okay. Well, I'm taking the Bucks, I'm taking the Ravens, and I'm taking the Saints all on Sunday. Um, So moving along to the final segment of the show, the scumbag of the night. Is the individual responsible for ruining your sports happiness? They could cost you a bet, cost you a victory in fantasy sports, or they can make the headlines for all the wrong reasons and piss you off completely. My scumbag um, is all of the Pittsburgh Steelers because for the first time this year, I did a parlay. I took Pittsburgh. I took Denver. I took Buffalo. Wow. You took Denver? uh Uh-huh. And I took Green Bay. Now, I know that Buffalo lost and Buffalo would have ruined my parlay, but that game was on Sunday. So at least I would have had the entire weekend to have fun and hype up my parlay, but I took Pittsburgh and they lost two hours after I put the bet in. Like, so I, at least get me to Sunday. Like I know a 14 parlay is hard to hit. I know it's hard to hit, but to lose on the first game, dress, I mean on a third that's, that's when you
2: know you just have to just call it a day, man. It's just not your it's not your luck. It's really what it is. There should be no reason your parlay should be, unfortunately, either either win or be busted on the last leg of it, not the very first one. So at that point, Pat, I think you need a limpia. Go wash yourself. I hope you like go in there. You need a, a bidet, clean all of that out, maybe get a colonoscopy because this should not be happening on the first game of your parlay.
3: Hey, losing the first game of your parlay just gets you so fucking scared that every other game is going to hit and you're <laughs> going to feel like a piece of shit when they all hit except
0: that first one. So it's yep. such a scary feeling when the first one doesn't hit.
3: Yeah, I know,
1: I know. It's emotional. And I'm when like, when I saw the Buffalo yeah. Bills score, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs>
2: Now, you don't feel bad afterwards. It's a nice feeling. But I feel you on that, Pat. And I'm going to piggyback on my scumbag. And it happens to, to be a team that ruined my parlay, uh, college football. And it was Appalachian State. All I needed was the money line just to win. Uh, we were texting back and forth about the game, about what I had for parlay. Flores, I I shared my ticket with you prior. All the games hit except for that game. And all I needed for them to do was just to win. They were up by 14 at one point. They were at home. They had no reason to lose to some unknown team in James Madison University. And good for them because they're undefeated and they're doing well. And I kind of liked them. And I had a funny feeling. I was like, I should take James Madison with the points. But you know what? I want to play it safe and take the money line on Appalachian State. I believe it was like minus 300. So I I said pretty. I I was looking good with the 14-point lead going into like the fourth quarter and they just stunk it up. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stay away from Appalachian State for the rest of the year. That's my duty as a sports gambler because they've they've won me one and they've also lost me one. But they lost me when it mattered most because I was gonna be a nice payout when it was all said and done. It just it just didn't happen. So I was very upset that that happened to be the fourth team out of the five to ruin it. it. Wasn't the last leg, but I couldn't get there and I was so upset because the fifth team won. And
1: all it was it was blowing a fourteen point lead. So go fuck yourselves. The Appalachian State Mountaineers. So let me ask you a question. Why did you take Appalachian State? Because they're at home and they had just won a big game the okay. week before. Smoking mirrors, right? Yeah. And well, then what I mean, yeah, what they were, they were, were you doing when they were what were you doing when they were up fourteen? I was counting I was your chickens. I was at
2: I was getting ready because i had an event i was just running around i was going to beat my parents so i just even wasn't paying attention i saw the scoreboard i was like okay it looks good it looks good and then all of a sudden i said oh my god why is this why is it closer than it needs to be and then oh my god there's only a minute left and they're down by three and you better race down to kick a field goal or something and it just didn't happen so it is what it is as, far as you know how that goes sometimes it's hey, not and to I'll, 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 I'll take your story And I'll raise you one real quick This is not my stump ad, But I've literally never in my life Had a gambling situation like this
3: And I texted you guys about it I had Oregon minus 6.5 Against Washington State last weekend Oregon was getting their ass kicked They were actually down like 5 points With about a minute and 30 seconds left So first of all They are down five points. I need them to cover six and a half. That means they need to win by a touchdown. There is a minute and a half left. Granted, they do have the ball, and they throw a fucking, like, 30-yard touchdown pass. It's beautiful. All of a sudden, they are now up by, like, one point. (laughs) And in my mind, I'm like, okay, there literally is a chance. And Washington State is going to go hard fucking core. So my only chance to win this bet is for Oregon to scoop or pick six. Literally scoop and score or pick six. Because if and Oregon what happens? gets the ball back, they're just kneeling the ball. They need to go in and score. And... The motherfucking quarterback on the second pass or third pass drops back and throws it right to a linebacker who takes it to the house. I jumped out of my seat, and I started screaming. I couldn't believe that now Oregon was up seven, and I was – Good. Was like, like, with, like a minute left. like, like a, minute left. a minute left. All of this happened in the span of thirty game seconds. But then in that one minute, Washington State came back and scored a fucking touchdown. Meaningless like, touchdown. Was meaningless with like four <laughs> seconds left, and it totally fucked me. So it was counting your chickens it. before they hatch, right, Pat? No, but I was down. I was down. So it was a miracle I was even in it. So that's why I'm not even mad about it, and that's why that's not my scumbag. But my scumbag. Fuck,
1: it just locked me out of it. Flores' situation is like Stevie Wonder scene for like one minute and then it goes away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but me jumping up when that dude picked it and then actually took it to the house is one of just the greatest sports moments I'm ever going to remember. My wife was there too. She started laughing. She knows how gambling gets down. Anyway, <laughs> my scumbag. I don't know if it's the San Francisco Giants. I don't know if it's Oracle Park. I don't know if it's the city of San Francisco. All of them. But the San Francisco Giants had a vendor selling Dodger gear at their stadium. And that is just the absolute ultimate no-no. No way! That's for reals? Now, the... Uh, Bone Appetit is the name of the company that is responsible for concessions at Giants Stadium uh, since 2018. The actual vendor, uh, Sevens Negro League Apparel, just completely had a change of heart. The Dodgers were in town. They wanted to make that extra money, and they started slinging that Dodger gear, and it was going like hotcakes because the Dodgers were in town and they were sweeping the Giants as they have it seems every series this year. And they're making that money. And as San Francisco Giants Twitter says, what the
1: actual fuck about that? Hey, I mean Flores, I have like a legit
2: question. You're a true Dodger fan if you would not allow that to ever happen would you no matter how much money you're getting and by the way if you were the owners are they, are you terminating that uh that contract with whomever is the vendors for next year no i don't think
3: it's that like crazy where they'll terminate any contracts but i have actually thought about that before when i'm like at a different stadium you know when i went to boston to, to fenway or wherever i'm like why aren't they selling stuff for the opposing teams? I've, I've thought that before. and I mean, I get how it's just like a holy like, area where you're not supposed to even mention other teams and shit like that. And, you know, working security for the angels, I completely understand <laughs> how
1: these things go because I'm in the industry. But it just, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a no-no. It's just a no-no, you know what I mean? Well... It should be a no-no for an organization like the Giants who have success. Like, when I was 14, when I turned 14, my parents took me to an Angels versus Mariners game. And I wanted to see Ken Griffey play baseball. And they were selling a shit ton of Mariners gear. I mean, this was the 90s. This was Ken Griffey. So I could completely see, you know, the Angels Allowing that to happen because the Angels didn't have any success, but the Giants have success. You know, I mean, they, they, the if 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 it were me, if I was rich and I saw that going on, and I was a Giants fan, like if I was one of those tech geeks and I was there with my work, I would just buy the, I would buy it all, and just throw it into the bay. If I was a Giants fan and I had money, <laughs> you you know,
0: you know,
2: Honestly, if I ever saw a Giants, any type of Giants item being sold at dodger stadium i don't think i'd ever go back to the stadium like i think that would draw that would literally draw the oh line oh my god and they're gonna... there's no reason for it there's no fucking reason why you see any giants gear unless somebody's a fan of theirs and they brought it with them but there should be no reason that dodger stadium sells any giants gear you want to sell the yankees gear i'm cool with it but there should be no fucking giants gear at dodger stadium unless you're wearing that's just my that's my
0: belief on that
1: yeah, I mean that's I, I I'm gonna look up that article. That's a good story, um Flores. Thanks for bringing that up. That's interesting. I would like to know the backstory behind, you know, why obviously the almighty dollar, right? So um that should conclude the hundred and sixty third episode, correct? Anybody have anything else?
2: Nothing.
3: Nope. Nothing else.
1: Signal, <laughs> What'd you say?
2: So you know the old saying to close it out.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you guys, our listeners. You are our heroes. Um, You will never be our scumbags unless you um, go to Oracle Park and sell Giants gear or Dodgers gear up there. But uh, we want to thank you all for listening. If you're going to place any bets this
0: weekend, good luck, and we will see you next week.